Flamingos. Flamingos. The they flamingos were, so were bad. garbage. And Why like, did they even have those in there? They might as well just yeah, not put they it didn't in the movie. And it would have been perfect. TNMP, the Nerdy Misfit Podcast, with your host, with your host, your host. Connor O'Neill and Matthew Hughes. Hello. Hello, hello. Hello, and welcome to back to the Nerdy Misfit Podcast, episode 70, the new season. What? The new season? Yeah, because we kept making jokes that 69 oh, was going to be the, was end. the end. Yeah, true. so here we are. Season two. Another Wednesday. So technically, it's episode one. Episode two. one. <gasps> so season two. So we can get to 69 again. <laughs> Is that a resetting point? <laughs> Every 69 episodes? That's how it could go. Um... But anyways, we foreshadowed this episode on the last like three episodes talking about Blue, wanting to talk about Blue Beetle, having the time to go see Blue Beetle, and the corruption and the downfall of the DC universe. Oh, that's a, that's a long... We've That's been a... That's a long line. Yeah. Um, but today we have a guest to come talk with us. We do have a guest. For the first time of this first of the season. Uh-huh. First guest of guess the I season. I am. Exactly. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself, sir? Hey there, uh, my name is Christian Soros, uh, friend of Matt. Um, I'm caught up on the podcast, but I've only been listening for a few months because I haven't known him very long. Fair enough, fair enough. Also, common asker of questions in the Discord. Yeah, you're a big part of the community, so. I reply when I'm asked. (laughs) (laughs) We much appreciate the questions, though. You're welcome. Definitely adds a good 20 minutes, I'd say, to the end of the episode when we're running out of stuff to talk about, which... Sounds like it's impossible because sometimes we ramble on forever about way too long anything, but Correct. it is very nice. And shout out to our Discord, you know, plug. Definitely yeah. go ask questions in the question corner if you have any questions. They can be generic or they could be definitely more specific. We we dive into them all and we also give it a check mark when we answer it, so you'll know to keep keep your ears open for the next episode of the podcast to see your question answered or hear yeah. your question answered. You want to really see it. You're, you'll hear it unless we ever get back on YouTube. But yeah, Blue Beetle. That's what we're here yeah. to talk about. The first-ish DC film for James Gunn's new DCU. Ish. Kind of. In a way. Technically. It's complicated. <laughs> Felt like Flash would be that really good soft reboot. starter up. But nope. If you want to know more of our opinion on Flash, check out two <laughs> episodes ago where it goes. Yeah, check out our Flash episode where we're... Yikes. Disappointment is reached. Just like most DC films. But that is different for this one. Yeah. I, I was not s- disappointed. Well, okay. So obviously I would I think it's fair to say that your bar was pretty low. Yeah. Going in. I also did hype it up before he watched it though. Oh, you hyped you it up. He is that because to- you know the character? I know him from uh, Young Justice. Yeah, that's where him. that's where I saw him as well. That's when I was first and introduced. And it kind of stuck out. Like my sister and I like just remember him very well, just because okay. he's Latino and stuff. So we're like, so this is a standout character for you. For me, yeah. And and Matt, I know him from which I didn't process until today. Is his first appearance in comics was the Infinite Crisis 2005 storyline. I had the single issues of that. Okay, because he first appears on issue five. Beautiful. But again, he was such a. Like Our the Jaime, Jaime Reyes version? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's like a side character. Yeah, so exactly. that's why you don't remember. I didn't think much. too much about it, yeah. Yeah, I'd say in Young Justice, he first appe- he when he first shows up, he's just one of the new the newer uh Titans. And he's just kind of like learning. Obviously, he's like clearly new to having the scarab. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up becoming a pretty big focal point for that second season. Mm-hmm. So that you I mean, his powers are pretty cool. I equated him to a Iron Man meets Venom. Yeah, in a way. like <laughs> Meets Spider-Man. But without the billionaire money. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> lacking without, the billionaire funds. Lacking a lot of money. Lacking the funds to be Tony Stark. <laughs> I don't know much about his uh, IQ in comparison. He seems like a pretty... I mean, he was a pre-law, right? That was yeah. what he was graduating from. So obviously, he's a very intelligent, hardworking individual. So I... DC-wise, had the bar set low, but we did hype up the fact that it was a risk for DC to take on a character that's not as well-known, but also it could look really good if the film did well. Which I think overly it's been received pretty well. It's definitely been received well. I don't think it quite has the ticket sales that they still want to see, but we've touched on this and it's 
it's a matter of one streaming services. Why go to the movies if you can just wait five months and watch it on a streaming service? That's the bad. other thing is, who trusts DC to watch a film now? Like, That's the thing. If you look if you at the last like you're like just wasting five six movies, <laughs> money on a DC, there film, hasn't really been a good one, and it's a not as known of a not a big character. Yeah. So it's not Batman. You're not pulling in people just by saying Batman. No, and they also didn't market it not nearly like like the Flash. Like yeah, it, had, it wasn't hyped up. Exactly. You weren't. Well, seeing they had it, no hype. You to weren't give. seeing it everywhere. Yeah, they had no hype to I, give. Honestly, I loved point. the trailer. The the it first trailer of Blue Beetle was pretty good. Yeah, but I'm saying if you don't know, like especially with people not knowing who Blue Beetle is, when people are talking about the trailer, they're like, oh, it's just another DC superhero film. But when you, in comparison to the Flash, like you see the hype difference because in the Flash we're like, yo, Michael Keaton's back, and everyone's like, oh, we gotta go see it then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my hype was more the Flash, but. I know, but I'm just saying. I'm using that as an example. Mine was, I only, mine was only Michael Keaton. Yeah, like they <laughs> tried to build a hype. They they were using a lot of factors to try and bring people exactly. to see the Flash. Where I mean, a lot of people didn't even know Blue Beetle was out. I my friend, mm-hmm. one of my friend group, I said, "Oh yeah, I'll be. I'm gonna go see Blue Beetle tonight or something." And then they're like, "The heck is Blue Beetle?" <laughs> and this is just like normal. <laughs> These are like normal, you know, average Joe people yeah. who have definitely seen their fair share of MCU movies. And Katie keep yeah. up but once i was like oh, i'm seeing blue beetle they're like the heck is blue beetle i can't remember i don't have it's it a literal conversation we I, had with i don't have the chat on this night. laptop but i would have loved i i wish i could reference it because someone did a comparison they're like oh he's like this and i was like eh, no he's more <laughs> like and then i mixed it like the iron man with venom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so but overall first impressions what, what did you guys think of the movie you start I'll go first. I thought, I honestly thought it was great. I snap. I did snap Matt like right away and I was like, my biased opinion. My biased opinion. Biased opinion was 9.5 out of 10. But then like to actually be a little more critical, I brought it down to a nine. But, uh. How kind of you. Yeah. <laughs> Hard hitting. <laughs> no, I know. I'll go more into detail on like some things, but the, uh, more so there was like a lot of references for like, uh, Latino culture and yep. stuff that a lot of people would miss. Um, but also hitting on the fact that, or what you were saying, I had the exact same conversation with like five people because I was like, I wanted to go again, which I'm yeah, going again tonight. And everyone else was like, like, wait, who's that? And I'm like, oh, face palm. <laughs> I'm hurting. I'm like, no, my soul. Yeah, I, honestly, I thought it was, for one, it's sad because we're talking about DC and you just want to be like, oh, for DC. But in general, for a superhero mm. movie, it was solid, solid film. It was solid film. As a standalone. Yeah, very much I would so. say probably 8, 8.5 out of 10 for me. I thought... A lot of the there were a lot of good references. I thought it was for one of the newer DCU movies or first or however we want to reference it. It did it. It didn't. It's not rushing like uh you felt like all the other mm-hmm. DCEU films yeah. were. There were reference cool references to characters, setting up that they're here, they exist, but they're also already established, which means we don't have to see a flash. How Batman. did the Flash become the Flash? How did Batman become Batman? No more origin stories. And they're already in the world. Yep. Which I thought was a nice... Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not really an Easter egg. It's more of just set up for the world. Mm-hmm. Seeing that the Flash exists. I mean, it's referenced by the family. Oh, it's like Superman or the Flash. Mm. Well, that's go, the thing okay. is like, they but did... Who it, are they? They did it well in that aspect where the, it's still an origin story. But the universe around it is already built. Developed, yeah. So you don't have to, like you said, you don't have to stress about, okay, so is this there is a character we need to learn about. Exactly. We don't need to know how Everyone else. knows about the big three. Everyone knows about Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman. They've been done so many even times the Flash, before. Honestly. Even the Flash mm-hmm. at this point. Sad to say, but even Green Lantern to an extent. Yeah. Well, like, the Green Lantern is kind of boring. It's a 50 like, Atlant- like, you know, someone's dying, ring told to go find a new. They still part person. of like the, the seven. Finds it. Most people like the uh, like yeah, the, the big six, League, or, the seven, big six yeah. or seven people know really well. Yeah, that's fair. The but uh, yeah, I thought it was it as a superhero film alone, it was solid. Mm-hmm. As a DC film, I thought it didn't go out of. I just don't want to be like super <laughs> insulting to some of the other movies because there were things that were okay about them, but <laughs> it didn't. Uh, <laughs> it just focused on itself, and it didn't. Mm-hmm need other thing other heroes to make it good yeah yes i guess that's i don't we don't need cameos to make a film good yeah they didn't bring in like wonder woman or anyone at the end just yeah for we like didn't a we didn't need service. any yeah we didn't need any fan, fan service heroes it was strictly blue beetle which i thought was really great and even like villains they didn't like because i mean he doesn't really have 
a big villain gallery. Yeah, the rogues, rogues gallery is not insane. Um, I think the one thing that Blue Beetle did, which was surprising, was they kind of finally hit the the Marvel formula. I would, you know, I would say the Marvel formula is there's a decent story, there's fun characters, there's some one-liners, but also some just good laughing moments. Mm-hmm. And I feel like DC's always been trying to throw that in, but then they're so edgy <laughs> that it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. And this one, it felt like it hit the spot. The uncle was great. Like oh, really? he, was, oh my God. he was perfect. He was yeah. a perfect yeah. comedic relief character. But it wasn't like forced comedic. Either. No, no, he was no. perfect, and he he never broke his character yeah. to to make a joke. Like that was just genuine. You felt like that was genuinely how he would be. Yeah, yeah. it was it was proper screen time for the character because yeah, like too. he had his moments, and then they moved on. It wasn't like his moment didn't drag on too long. Like none of the moments felt forced. Like you said, like it was just his genuine. Yeah, it was within character. his character. I, it sometimes it feels like DC a character makes a joke which is very out of that character's personality, mm-hmm. where it felt like everyone was within their, within the way they. The made characters were characters written. Seem. Yeah. Yeah. Going on, but so they did get the formula. But this cuts into one of my critiques, which isn't really super critical but it was generic safe yeah Yeah. it was a safe film it did feel very similar to a lot of other superhero films Mm -hmm. and this comes into a bigger question of is dc too late to figuring out the formula that marvel's kind of already been doing because we're at a time where a lot of people are kind of i feel falling off the whole superhero films because I'm gonna be honest. I don't think the upcoming Marvel film is gonna do that well in oh, comparison. Marvel, like the Marvels. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't think it's gonna do well at all. Right. Like, and it's nothing to do with. I'm sure it'll be a decent movie, but I just don't think people are as excited for superhero superhero films in general. We are starting to get a little burnt out. I think it has to do with Marvel shows for one. Yeah. So many Marvel shows, so many movies that we oh, yeah. that we built up to Endgame, and that was the payoff, and now the you're a soft reboot or a full reboot in a way for a lot of characters. And then DC's just kind of there trying. Yeah, yeah we'll do it. We'll, <laughs> we'll catch up. It. And then finally they come up with a good film, but but it's character. No one knows, knows who it is <laughs> and nobody cares about DC. <laughs> but I think we're looking at it strictly as a superhero film, right? But what I'm thinking is the reason why it's not that DC is necessarily too late. It's, but a big thing right now, and a lot of like younger people that are going to the movies, watching the streaming service and everything like that, there's the new like subgenre of content that's coming out that people are following. And right now, recently, it's the coming of age stories. But there's always coming of age. I stories. know there's always coming of age stories, but I'm saying like more recently, a lot more like Netflix originals, a lot of like the Prime originals is all like you're following these characters coming coming of age, right? But that's such a that that follows into the line of oh, it's cliche, a cliche storyline, hundred percent. Like blue, you look at Blue Beetle and you compare it to Iron Man or, or Iron Man Two yeah. or any anime either. <laughs> other, but I'm just saying like hundred percent. Blue Beetle has the most cliche superhero plot of here's oh, yeah. look, I have a superpower. Oh, an evil government people also want that superpower, so they're gonna find a way to get it and replicate it. Yep. Yes, that yeah. is literally. Am I talking about Blue oh, yeah. Beetle, Iron Man One, or Iron Man Two? Yeah, and we should obviously <laughs> Iron Man li- three. going ahead. There's going to be some spoilers, <laughs> but I, the one thing I think that is different for Blue Beetle compared to a lot of the coming of age stories, which I feel like you'll be able to uh, comment on, is a lot of heroes. It's always just them. You look at Peter, mm-hmm. not really no no family. He doesn't yeah. involve his Aunt May. I mean, in MCU a little bit more because she just knows. But yeah, um, in terms of comics, he never he always tries to just do everything himself. Mm-hmm. In Blue Beetle, it's it's a like family. Everything's yeah. together with his family. His family's there for him, helping him. I mean, the whole end scene with like the whole family like, going together. All, everyone's life for is the, the breakout. Yeah, I, it was I crazy. <laughs> that was fantastic. And you care for all the family because they do a good job of developing yeah. that relationship with everyone, especially like with the with the dad and the scene. Mm-hmm. That scene is like that hits hard because unlike other heroes, the the family's built up so much more. There's so much more feeling for everyone in the family, realistically. Yeah. Like, I think the sister was fantastic. Yeah, like, the act, the actors and actresses really sold it. 
that they were a family, I thought. I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, the, uh, not the charisma. What's the the word that we've used before trying to, when characters are trying to talk to each other? You know? I don't know why I'm blanking on this. It was something you said that the D&D movie, you said the, the characters lacked. Oh, oh, yeah, like their on-screen chemistry. Chemistry. Yeah, the That's chemistry on-screen between all the actors and actresses <laughs> yeah, it was, fantastic. was, was yeah. fantastic, yeah. Oh, yeah. And especially with, in my opinion, like I don't recognize too many of the actors or actresses. Like I recognize the sister from something, but I couldn't place it. And then obviously oh, yeah. George Lopez. Yeah. But like, out and Susan Sarandon. But like outside of that, I would say most of them are not big popular actors or actresses. No, I didn't know any of them either. Like I looked up the IMDb of the the love interest character. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think this was one of her first couple movies that had an well, English yeah, title. She's because she's Brazilian. Yeah. The love interest. She used to date Neymar Jr., who's a Did famous really? soccer player. Huh. Or football. Football player. Football. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she was uh, Neymar Jr.'s ex-girlfriend, which I found interesting. That is interesting. Very pretty. Yeah, she was a very pretty lady. I knew the second we saw her, she was the love interest. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, that just goes <laughs> yeah, into the more that was generic the cliche aspect. You're just like, heck. you see her, the rich girl who's yeah. not, like, not like her aunt. No, yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm for good. You're like, okay. There That's the love interest. love interest right there. We also have yeah. uh, the main character stand up for her, and you're like, okay. Yep. Yeah, there he is. Yep, it's written in stone now. <laughs> He's trying. He's trying too hard right there. You can see it in his eyes. But it's not like he went out of his way to be with her. It, this is the one yeah. thing I mentioned to Matt. They knew each other for what, like three days. <laughs> if, like over the course of the movie, yeah. he gets fired. The next day he goes. Then he gets the scarab, and then the following day is he's like kidnapped. They're yeah, both. essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's basically the timeline. Yeah, they don't know anything about each other. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like just part of the family. Boom. Done deal. You're she welcome. Pro- she proved herself. She's in. I mean, the family's <laughs> probably just like, you own what? She can't leave now. You welcome. have money? You are, you are you family. Have money? <laughs> okay, hey now. You're no, family. I'm just saying because it is the cliche though. Like, I'll help you rebuild your house. Okay, you're in. You're family now. The Encanto. <laughs> no, I know. that was. I, I was expecting it at the end too. I was yeah. like, the community's going to help him build the house again because oh, that's just what we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was nice to see too. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, between like Encanto and... Um, Blue Beetle. I think they put our culture, like our family um, issues, but also our societal issues. I think that both movies hit those on the nose. Yeah, that's really cool. That's nice to see. Did you have any like cool references like that you noticed for? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. What type uh, of? Well, I, I know there was like they brought up like TV shows, right? Yeah, which I feel like is probably <laughs> something that often happens. Yeah. So actually, so the Chapulín, which was his um. His machine and then he started broadcasting the show yep um i have seen the show it used to be a live action from the 70s okay um i actually never saw because it, it looked like that was a claymation i haven't seen that version um but no it's this it's this goofy show from the 70s the the main actor he was a huge uh huge comedian in mexico but yeah like the only reason i've seen it is because like my grandma had like recorded vhs tapes but like that's kind of a staple like any any hispanic i know is like oh we know it and it yeah. was really cool to see the the one security guard the way he, he recognizes it yeah. that was exactly how my family reacted when we saw it we're like oh my god it's there and then he's he was like the fill-in for us which was so funny yeah that um, was definitely funny with the security guard everyone's like what is this yeah but i was, I was even telling matt because i'm in the power rangers and my, the catchphrase i chose for my character is actually a catchphrase from el Cha- from el chapulin oh perfect which is siguenme los buenos which means like follow me good people and that's just but it's goofy. He's he's not strong. Like his intro, he's it's saying that he's stronger than a rat. He's more noble than like a head of lettuce. Faster than uh, I can't remember. But it's, it's goofy. Like he's he doesn't help. He always wins on a fluke. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty pretty awesome reference then in the movie. I think another. This is just based on what from other TV shows where I've seen where the Latino commu- community is involved is uh very like religious. There's a lot of religious references. I know oh, yeah. that religion's a big deal. Very, yeah, very much so. <laughs> so it was kind of fun to see how it's twisted because, you know, religion is always a touchy subject for a lot of things, but it's always nice to see references to it without going too in, in depth into it. Matt, you're a big cultural person, and in, in, in especially with faith. Yeah. So what did you make out of some of the... I think, honestly, they, they nailed it. And, like, it wasn't... It was interesting because you had the aspects of faith and culture and family, and it... It's a big difference, and this is gonna maybe this is a harsh thing to say, but 
in a lot of other contexts of media, when it comes to movies and stuff like that, none of it felt forced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there are recent, not recently, but in general, a lot of like things when you talk about like culture, family, beliefs and stuff in a lot of recent films, it's like shoved in your face as a viewer to be like, this is what it's about. Yeah. And they like, it. they keep spoon, food, spoon feeding it to you. And you're like, hey, we get it. No, this was like... It was sprinkled in there and you're like, this is the culture. Well, it, okay, cool. Yeah, and it was more like, hey, this is... It's like we got a glimpse of a family and this is just... How they live. How they and live. And you accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked when uh, the Scarab first takes over. Oh, that's oh and everyone's, everyone's freaking out. You got people praying. You got people <laughs> <laughs> losing their mind. Rudy's like, he went up his butt. <laughs> that, that that was, was peak. That scene yeah. was... Pe- and then, obviously, that was the most Iron Mask Iron-esque mm. look, Mayan-esque looking scene with him flying into space and the suit talking to him. Well, I say a suit, but it's obviously the scarab that's yeah. integrated into his own cells at this point. Exactly. But it it does I give that very Iron Man vibe. Yeah. Iron Man, Iron Spider-esque. I mean, he does have the Doc Ock arms-esque yeah. kind of feeling. <laughs> And the way it was like going through its systems, right? It was like, okay, just doing this check, yeah, doing, doing this doing check, this, rebooting, <laughs> rebooting. Actually, another reference I caught, I haven't told Matt about it, and I don't know where it comes from, but when they were telling him to open the box and they were all going, que lo abre, que, and they all started chanting, I don't know where that comes from, but we do the exact same chant. Like oh. every time, and this, it usually comes up, uh, it usually comes up over Christmas, we're opening presents, right? But like someone will gift someone like soap. Like, or like um like bath bombs or yep. something and then everyone goes que se bañe, which just means take a shower <laughs> and that's like that's just the joke so i don't i don't know where it came from yeah you don't know where that. the origin is it's but. just and they, you just throw words into it and you chant it like that and i was like holy smokes that is that's i've heard that so many times and then another big thing was the everyone speaking span there's spanish but then there's also half pe- people are speaking both english and spanish Spanglish. at the same time and then yeah exactly Spanglish. And then you have yeah. like the kids who are almost never speaking Spanish, but yeah. they're just like responding to everything in English. Yeah. I think the grandma only spoke Spanish. Yep, yeah, she did. So does that feel accurate for like you, for Again, family? Again, that it couldn't have been more on the nose. Um, my grandma did not speak English, but I think she hit it. Like she could understand. Like when she when my wife met her, I was like, hey, I can talk to her, and she does understand everything I'm saying. But she'll never like she never spoke English. English. I always grew up thinking she didn't speak any, which she really didn't but she did understand like mm-hmm. almost everything yeah like you pick it up also right yeah. maybe she, yeah. she, so she just wanted one, a yeah. stealth note exactly no it it the, it made me miss my grandma um i lost her two years ago now but uh it um no it felt like she was right there yes yeah, i thought that that was because that's a big thing for a lot of multilingual families i believe where it's you have the older who are only speaking that one language then you have the broken yeah where you're speaking some and Depends on your mood, I guess. Sometimes when you're mad, yeah. the the Spanish or whatever language is coming out, mm-hmm. and then English when you're like, you know chilling out, and then the kids are just too lazy to speak in Spanish and they just say it in English. Yeah, no, and even like between my siblings, I'm I'm the most fluent, and each one after me is a little, <laughs> a little loses less, a little bit, just mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> I think that's just called that's just what happens in parenting. I think you're like yeah. first kid, they're gonna learn Spanish and they're gonna know Spanish, and then. You're like, wow, that was a lot of work, actually. As you're going down, <laughs> yeah. more and more kids are like, oh, okay. Well, you know what? It's yeah. fine. I think one thing that helped was uh, my siblings and I were homeschooled, so we did okay. learn both at the same time. But for my first three years, my grandma took care of me while my mom worked. But then when we had, when she had my sister, she decided to be a stay-at-home mom. Okay. So I got a lot of that one-on-one time with my grandma for the first very yeah, you're years. just Spanish. Makes sense. Yeah. So I think that's kind of. I have a little more. Humble break. Humble. Break. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, one thing that um, a lot of people probably wouldn't have noticed either is at the end, the uh, so the, the Carapax, he was <laughs> from Guatemala, which is where my family's from. Okay. Um, my dad's Portuguese, but uh, Spanish side, Guatemala. But at the end, he actually, his last like two lines were actually in Mayan. They weren't Spanish. Like when he was having flashbacks of his mom. And it, it ticked for me because I was like, hold on. I don't know what he said there. Okay. <laughs> and I was lucky that I watched it with my mom. Uh, we went outside and I was asking, him, like, hold on. Do you even know what that was? And she's like, oh, that was Mayan. 
And my grandma, she mentioned my grandma did know a few words. And like, that's just, it was cool. I was like, oh. That's like a detail. That's a detail that, yeah, unless if you're a non-Spanish speaker, you probably wouldn't have caught it. But I was like, hold up, what the hell? I was like, I'm reading the lines, but I didn't hear that. That's not what I heard. (laughs) That's pretty cool. (laughs) So yeah, that was a really, that's a really cool Easter egg that um, I'm happy to share with. Heck yeah. (laughs) So what do we, what do we think's next then? Is there going to be a Blue Beetle 2? Do you think it's going to be successful enough? We'll see, uh, or are we going to see him involved in maybe I, th- I think I would films? rather see him involved in other films. I don't know if he needs a second movie. You're looking it up. I just look at the budget of one point. It's $104 million was the budget. The box office right now is sitting at 104.6. Beauty. So they just passed it right oh, now. Oh, let's go. It's a pretty um, reasonable budget for a definitely heavily... CGI. But honestly, yeah, I mean, and it was every, so special good. effects were good. CGI was good, yeah. except for the flamingos. flamingos. The they flamingos were, so were bad. garbage. Why like, did they even have those in there? They might as well just yeah, not put they it didn't in the movie. And it would have been perfect. They did not need to be there. <laughs> that was my note. That was my note, too. I was like, when you see the it, the flamingos are bad. Yeah. <laughs> I brought it up to Matt. Once, when we were watching the film, I was like, did you see those CGI flamingos? And then they brought them back at the <laughs> credit scene. And I was like, they brought back the flamingos. For what reason? Because some guy worked on them and yeah. <laughs> they had to be in the film. But they gave him like two hours to do it, the poor guy. <laughs> yeah, they were they were rough. I did think, this, yeah, overall the CGI was really well done the way they handled kind of, I'm going to call it like the nanobot kind of. Yeah. That's what it gave me vibes to, the Tony Stark's nanobots. But it was a very clean transition. Yeah, like even as it was taken over their body and stuff, like it looked it looked real. And it like, looked really And good. then the actors too sold the pain and all that. Yeah, exactly. Really good. Yeah, definitely. I would like to see him in future DC stuff. I'd be I mean, curious on what they would go with. Like, We have potential setup for Booster Gold slash the original Blue Beetle. The second one, Ted yeah. Cord, yeah. Because so, Ted Cord was the second one. I can't remember the first guy's name. I don't remember either. Just, Obviously like, not, just an, un- not an unlocked know. Scarab. This is just fascination with Blue Beetle, the, the Scarab. Dan Garrett. Dan Garrett was the first Blue Beetle. Oh, I think that's what my friend said. He was like, he looks like a DC Ant-Man. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. No, maybe not, no. Yeah, Dan Garrett first appeared in the comics in 1939. And then there was Ted Kord, who came later, who was like the more modern Blue Beetle that I was more familiar with when it came to the design of him. Yes. And then we have the new guy. Which is the best design. Yeah, definitely. The Scarab is very cool. Agreed. Very creepy looking, though, on on him. And but I think it's Ted Cord that has the connect to Blue Booster Gold mostly. Yes, like yes, that's Ted that's Cord. yeah, Ted Cord's thing. And that's you and I were discussing that because we see in like I actually don't know what's called, but the beetle. We're gonna call it the Beetle Cave. Yeah, I don't, um, the Beetles <laughs> live in the Beetle Nook. The Nook. The Beetle the Burrow. Log, the log. <laughs> the Beetle Burrow. The Beetle Burrow sounds like the Beetle Burrow. The Beetle Burrow. Burr. 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 Anyways, Burr. Burr. um. But there was an empty suit. There's an empty suit. Could have been technically his. Could be Ted Cord's suit. Could be Booster Gold's suit. Could be Booster Gold's suit. Like there's potential for both. We see Dan, uh, the different be- be- blue. Wow. The different suits Costumes, through yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was just a nice Easter egg that they had. But the empty mannequin is obviously, it could be either a most the most up-to-date version of his Blue Beetle suit or Booster Gold. Yeah, like it could be the one he disappeared in. Right exactly. Off fighting. So we could end up seeing maybe a buddy cop-ish movie with Booster Gold in the original Blue Beetle. The quotations original Blue Beetle for the DCU. Maybe. Yeah, yeah there could be like a second where it's focused more on Cord and it's but it's a lot more of a prequel. A lot and of then the, and then our, then the Blue Beetle people come in to help. Uh, yeah. Very Ant Man. Very Ant Man esque. Going to save the original Ant Man. <laughs> Oh, Hank Pym. <laughs> Silly guy. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't know anything about Hank Pym before, like, Ant-Man, and then I was, like, learning about him in the comics. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things they changed for the MCU when it yeah. came to Hank Pym. In a yeah. Good, in a good he's, way. he's done That's, a lot in comics. That yeah. was dark. A lot. We're going to take it in the most nicest way and say the thing that they changed the most about him is... A, how he treats people, but B, the fact that he didn't create Ultron. They definitely still yeah. hint at a lot of his... Darker not, past. Not so much the darker past, but being a dick. 
<laughs> Think about when he's trying to be very protective of the pin particle. Oh yeah. And true. like the to to, to uh, Tony Stark's dad and stuff. Like he's oh fair. Definitely comes off as like nope. Which is fair. I mean, yeah. he definitely knew what he was doing. I mean, That's like a business thing, not like definitely not a business thing. <laughs> and and more of a uh, I don't you know I know what's gonna happen if I give you this tech and yeah. But he definitely wasn't nice either. But yeah, he's definitely a lot different in the in the comics. Yeah, the Ultron thing is definitely the biggest. But it's the same thing for the way they handled Spider Man, right? Tony Stark being kind of Spider Man's mentor is just yeah. so. It's just because in the MCU, it's such an like Tony Stark's so established, and mm-hmm. it's just a way of people really like Iron Man now because of Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, so pl- putting things through him makes stories better mm-hmm. automatically. People are gonna like it more. Yeah, some a lot of the success they've had is the casting, hundred percent. Which hopefully DC can replicate. I mean, some of their casting's actually been good. I like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Yeah. I think she's oh, fantastic. Yeah. I think Henry Henry, Henry Cavill Cavill was excellent was a solid Superman. Superman. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Ben even Affleck, Zachary Levi. No, even Ben Shazam. Affleck was good. I Ben yeah. Affleck is one of my favorite Batman's. I don't care what people say. <laughs> I thought he. To be fair, I also I've said it multiple times. The the more and more movies we get for DC, the for more the better the fight choreography gets. Yeah, which makes it feel more and more like Batman. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever played like the Arkham games or any Batman video game. No, no, I have not. Definitely, we'll have to get in, give them a try. They're always on sale now because they're so old. But. I just, that's like the type of thing I think of when I think of Batman's fighting style. Okay. He's so overly aggressive. Yeah. And a lot more movement. When you look at um, Christian Bale. Yeah. The fight choreography is so rigid. Yeah. So it looks like it's hard to move in that suit. And he's like, which they do touch on at least. Also to give you context for the Batman Begins for like the Christopher Nolan, the beginning of the trilogy, there is not a single shot in the film where you see Batman hit someone. So the way the cup of four every time the way yeah, really? the editing is done is there you don't see Batman hit anyone throughout that entire film. It's basically, the Dark Knight, the he's a pacifist. One? The, yeah, like the beginning of that trilogy, I'm gonna have like to with Scarecrow. It. There is not a single <laughs> shot. The basically, way Batman's a pacifist. He's never, <laughs> he would never hurt a fly. The no. the editors are no. Um, <laughs> it was done in a way, yeah, to show the yeah that so Batman doesn't technically hit anyone on screen. Oh damn! It's very actually. I'm wondering. I wonder. Fact. Actually, I might have even missed the first one because I don't remember Scarecrow. You know the Scarecrows? I know. I saw the. I know. I saw the one with Bane. Oh, that's, that's the third one. That's yeah, the that's third the third one. one. And then the, the one where Joker blew up the hospital. Is the second one. Yeah, yep. that's the okay, Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, the dark There's night. Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and then Dark okay. Knight Rises. I don't think I've seen Batman Begins. Then. Pretty solid film. I have to watch. Some would say the best. Arguably, it is the best of the trilogy. As a story, yes. As a story, yes. The problem is you never the fighting. No, no. But it goes back to what we're talking about, though, with the acting. Is that yeah. if Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger, but if it wasn't Heath Ledger and it was someone else, it probably would never be as exactly this movie. Yeah. Also, do you think the Joker role is cursed? I see a lot of people talking about how the Joker role is cursed, and I'm just like, eh, eh. Depends on who you are. Yeah, I don't know. You don't have to take the role as seriously as Heath Ledger did. Mark, Jack Nicholson Mark Hamill's did fine. Still doing Mark great. Hamill's doing great. That's what I mean. Like you know, yeah. One actor does not make a curse. No, Mark Hamill's been doing it since 1993. He's doing pretty dang good. But he balanced the force by being the savior. Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> that was it. He balances it. Evil and good. <laughs> the ultimate good in Jedi, and then the ultimate Mark Hamill evil. is the ultimate god. <laughs> he is the one who brought balance to the force. Well, I guess technically that's still Anakin. Technically. And so you ask... No, technically it was Anakin. Yeah, but technically speaking, the prophecy never came to be until the new trilogy. But technically Anakin did. He took a while. He played the long con with the Emperor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the long game. He was the long con. He was like, I bet this guy thinks that I'm his robot. But I'm not. I'll kill him. <laughs> then it came. Then the moment he, he found that moment and he stroked. And then he failed, but we don't talk about that. Well, that's just poor writing. Whoops, there it is. Um, anywho, moving on. <laughs> this is not a Star Wars episode. <laughs> yeah, anything else you guys want to touch on about the, the film? Oh, I, I did have one comment to make. 
about potential Blue Beetle 2 or future DCU films, which is we still have the writer's strike going on True. Oh, and that, the actor's yeah. strike. And it's like, it's a bad time for DC to uh, have a good one. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. It's, it is a shame. Obviously, both writers mm-hmm. and lower actors, because let's face it, the headliners do get compensated pretty well, but doesn't takes more than one actor to make a film. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. So they definitely deserve proper compensation for their work. But it's not good for DC, I'll tell you that much. Here's the thing too, and I think what makes this movie stand out in comparison to the rest of the DC movies is that it wasn't shot in a dark tone. No. It Okay, so I thought it was this is part of why I say it the it, Marvel it hit that Marvel formula where it did the joking. The jokes were yeah. pretty on point. It, But it was still DC. I, and the scene that comes to mind that woke me back up to kind of reality of the film was when they're in the Beetle, the Beetle oh, yeah. machine, the Beetle locker. I don't know what to call it. The mech. Yeah. And, uh, the, the Beetle or, ship. I think it's called the bug. The bug ship or something. Yeah. yeah. And they stabbed the guy. And they oh, tried yeah, to yeah, yeah. him they off. Did, yeah. I was like, yeah, that wouldn't happen in a Marvel film. <laughs> no, but the fact is, is that that's like, like maybe they Marvel. knock a guy, but yeah. straight mm. up stabbing through a guy. Yeah. And th- True, Can Mark, we also Mark. talk about the fact that of the core family, uh, Blue Beetle is the only person not to kill someone. Yeah, I know, like right? he makes it such a big deal. No, man, like he's I can't like, hurt. I can't not yeah, kill her. We don't. We the don't rest kill of the family killed people. Oh, fuck yeah, yeah he's talking like, about scary. <laughs> we don't oh, yeah, kill did. people. <laughs> yeah, we don't kill people, but my entire family can. It's fine. Well, they turned both cheeks. They lost the dad. That was it. Yeah, that's it. Actually, I was gonna touch on the note of the dad, so because that was a really powerful scene and it it killed me. And actually, like even the day the next day, I was like crying in the truck. But uh, no, I thought that that whole scene because there was so much lead up to it and there was so much pain. And again, all more credit to the actors; they all sold it right. Like they, yeah. uh, Jaime like was gave it everything until he was like stuck and he's like I can't help anymore. And then the dad, you know, went back and helped. Um, but then it was interesting that they chose his heart to give out and like, it wasn't the bad guys that actually killed him. Yeah. He just gave up, but that made it like harder because in his mind, he's like, Oh my God, my body cannot protect my family anymore. Yeah. He, that's all he had at that point, right? He had, you know, they didn't have money. They didn't have weapons. They had nothing. All he had was his body and it failed him in that moment. Yeah. And I thought that was really hard. Yeah, it was a very, and it was really well. Written. That was a really good character too. Like the, all this the heart to hearts that you know mm-hmm. they have together. Just yeah. it did make it a very difficult because Bruce Bruce is losing his parents. You know, maybe it's also because we've seen it so many times. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't help. It doesn't, it doesn't help. It yeah. doesn't help the cause. But you, do you ever feel attached to to Bruce's parents? No. No. Like in any of them, you really, you really don't. They're not, yeah, they're not written as characters. It's almost, it's really, no. usually it's just a flashback of like mm-hmm. in the alley, oh, give me your pearls, give me your yeah. wallet, whatever. And then boom, boom. And you're like, well, right. like in, in comics anyways, you care more for Alfred, but I guess it's because that he takes on that father role. Like I remember the end of New 52 with the whole Bloom storyline when Gordon's in the suit yeah. and Alfred like literally cuts off his hand, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. And it's the whole thing of like, I didn't do this for you just to go back to doing what you're doing. Yeah, kind exactly. of thing like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it was definitely hard hitting. Probably do one to obviously a lot of people not knowing the characters and the family, mm-hmm. but also just the buildup was really well done. You mm-hmm. it, that fam- it could have been anyone in the family and you would have felt it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. And it was even even some of the lines. And this is the thing too that it was you know the directors. Um, and a lot of the, like everyone, a lot of people that worked on it and writers were Hispanic. So they really tailored it that way where like even the villain, she said, round them up like twice. And just, just the whole setting of the scene, you know, just the house, the family, they were like hiding in the room. They weren't doing anything. And they opened up with a flashbang. Yeah. That right? was like, crazy. It, they went hardcore. Did you hear me, Matt? When, when yeah. they said, I was like, what, like, what is happening? Yeah. And it's like, as much as comedically evil it is. It's hard, and I'm gonna say our and we, even though I've never experienced this kind of stuff. But that's a lot of like what my, you know, my family, extended family has gone through. Yep. And even on a daily basis, right? This is this is normal, which sucks. 
but yeah, I think it shouldn't was be normal. really it shouldn't be normal, but it was written so well. And even even the way again, the way he died, but it was there's like systematic problems in society and in like the justice system where no one even like they didn't even call an ambulance and just let him there. And we've heard that story yeah. before. Right. Well, and part of the reason the dad was sick is he's working himself to the bone to provide for his family because that's yeah. all that's his only option. That's his only option. Yeah, that was seem scene was hard. I'm glad they brought him back for a little bit after so he could at least his son could say bye because I was like, come on, this is... Yeah, yeah. that was a really nice scene Just as well. Oh, and then, then, then when they took uh, when they took the time later, they're like, we can't cry now. And then when they actually took the time to cry, I was like, not again. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, when they're all together again, they're, they're like, like yeah. we okay, did it, good. now we get to grieve. And I was like, wow. And I don't think... You don't really see that in movies. No. At least not well. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, usually, if it is mentioned, it's usually just afterthought or rushed through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say uh, in terms of... I'm trying to think of anything else. Really. I mean, the only thing that comes to mind, and this is from like a, a film point of view, that I was watching the credits and everything like that, because obviously we see spoilers and stuff like that, but like the mid-credit scene, when you hear the voice of Ted Cord and stuff like that, this is oddly smart in DC, now that they're trying to learn from, I'd say, in quotations, mistake. They did not credit anyone to that voice. Yeah, it was an uncredited actor, they which is they're genius. not commit. They're not committed to one putting having a, to bring him back, putting a face to it, putting a face to the characters, basically, right? Because that was our big issue with like if at the end of the Flash movie, if we just heard Batman's voice and left it at that, we would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't even need a bat. What do you mean? We don't even need a. Batman I know we don't voice. even need. We could have just had Ezra Miller be like, Bruce? "You're not Bruce." Yeah, exactly. Something like that. But it's the same principle. Is they they've. I don't. I don't want to say they've learned from the mistake of the Flash, but I'm saying like they've done it in a yeah, way I don't that's know if like that's why accepted I mean. that it was a mistake. I know. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a cool Easter egg, I guess. Yeah, like, but you could have done that Easter egg anywhere else. They could have had it. Yeah, they could have. They could have just had him show up randomly because they were going back Through so time. exactly so often. Exactly. But yeah, I would say the first, if we're calling it the first of James Gunn's reign. I would say it's a good start. Off to a good start for sure. It's definitely a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And it was really nice to see a different culture at, you know, the top as the main character and mm-hmm. seeing the family and seeing not your typical story either. Yeah. But still still in line as a generic superhero story, yeah. but seeing it from a different culture is cool. Yeah, exactly. It does but. add a nice a nice change of pace to the film. Agreed. So we'll see if they can continue. I don't even know what the next movie is. I that. think the next movie is supposed to be a Superman movie. No, I thought it was Aquaman. And I don't, <laughs> Aquaman, I don't, I don't Aquaman think, 3 or a new uh, one? No, Aquaman, I think it's Yeah, Aquaman 2. Because it's never come out yet. Yeah, they haven't. Oh, it didn't? Oh, it kept getting it pushed did. back because of the whole Amber Heard, Johnny Depp there thing. Was it the, kept yeah, getting yeah. pushed back, and then they were talking about reshoots. Because oh, I knew they hadn't fired her, so I, I totally thought they made a second. I'm making stuff yeah. up. Dude, I thought I had seen it. They're just, they meshed, I don't blame they meshed together. Or the yeah. first yeah. one was so forgettable. I don't blame And the other thing I is, it doesn't <laughs> yes. seem like it's part of the DCU, which is They might just back confusing. girl it, where they'll I be like, yeah, we're I don't think they are, though. They should. They should They should just get rid of it and bring out the Batgirl movie. No, they don't need to bring out either. I want to see Brandon Fraser as Firefly. Well, he can come out as yes. Firefly in a different in a different film. <laughs> it can be a different film. I don't even know who was casted as Batgirl in that movie. I can't remember. I have no idea either. But anyways, but oh, it never came out. It got shelved. They made the entire movie. They edited it, and oh. they were like, "Yeah, just kidding. We're not going to release it." Okay. I think it's due to. Right. You know, I've heard you say this before. Yeah, yeah there's, there's like, like a tax s- write-offs or something. Yeah, there's a that. way to do it. Yeah, which is stupid. That's, that is sad. That is sad to have a whole thing ready and then just not. Yep. What a waste. And what, what you were saying that there's the else world, right? That's what. Yeah. So D, so basically, the way the DC movies and the DC continuity is going now, that even the with the Arrowverse being basically done, who would have thought we'd have a more confusing multiverse than like Star Wars in terms of just like what con what's what's, what's constitutes connected, what's, as canon? And exactly. Stuff. It's ridiculous. But basically, yes, yeah, so you have your DCEU, which is the 14 movies, which technically includes Blue Beetle. I still can't believe there's 14 movies. <laughs> See, it doesn't seem like it, but then when you I start... All I can think of is Wonder Woman. <laughs> I can think of Batman v Superman, Superman, Justice League. I guess there's another Justice League. No, there's only no. one Justice League. That might be included. I'm just is. including Batman v Superman as a Justice League movie. because. Yeah, but there is two Wonder Womans. Yeah, two Wonder Womans. Two Wonder Womans, yeah. 
Aquaman. The Flash. Uh, Blue Beetle. Okay, so that's half. <laughs> yeah. You have your basically three Shazam movies. Two oh, in the Shazam. Blue, oh, yeah, two, right. in, Shazam two in Black Adam. Uh, and it, then, oh, yeah, Black Adam's counted. Yeah, because they brought in a bunch of people like Dr. Fate and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's canon. No, but that's, the, that's DCEU, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think there's one that we're missing. So there's like Man of Steel and then there's BVS and then there's Wonder Woman, Wonder Wait. Woman 2, Aquaman. Oh, my brain. I'm trying to think like what even other characters... No Green Lantern though. Shut up. Yeah, that that doesn't include Green Lantern, right? No, I don't. no. Son, what? How is there fourteen? Oh, the the two Suicide Squad movies. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Suicide Squad and then the Suicide Squad and then the spinoff Fair. of the spinoff, which is the Birds of Prey movie they did. Oh yeah. That no one saw. Okay. Well, I kind I wanted to see it because of the villain, but then I never got around to it because it's Black Mask played by Ian McGregor. Okay. Oh, like I'm not see, <laughs> but then I'm like, if I don't see it, I don't see it. Like I'm not against watching. I just haven't yeah. gotten around to it. I was like, definitely not going to see it in theaters. <laughs> and that's all of them. Yeah, we listed them all. And then we have the DCU, which is James Gunn. DCU is his like soft reboot spiritual successor. Why spiritual? Because he's trying to keep some things canon. He's trying to bring some stuff over, but not. But also like wants this, us to forget stuff. I feel like this is so, a weird term, though. The movies that so ten things have been revealed in his thing, which is the five Shitty movies successor. he's doing, which is <laughs> Superman Legacy, a film called The Authority. Then he's doing the Brave and the Bold movie. That could doing be good. A Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, and then he's doing a Swamp Thing movie. Could Hell be good. Yeah. Um, and then the television shows that he's doing. Is this just a James Gunn thing? He just really likes yeah. to do like yeah. niche characters. Yeah. Swamp Thing. As a movie is crazy. <laughs> I mean, I had a show. I had yeah, but show think one about season, but current yeah. sphere. That's a pretty... I know. And then his TV character. shows yeah. are The Creature Commandos, Waller, Lanterns, oh. Paradise Lost, oh, and Booster Gold. Lanterns. I wonder what that reference is. I have no idea. And then we have the... Uh, what, what? Elseworlds? Elseworlds, yeah. Which so is just anything that's DC, but isn't involved in the DC. Correct. So... This list is the the Batman. Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman, which is getting a second movie. Both are getting second movies. Yep. Um, the animated series Harley Quinn, Titans um, show. That doesn't matter because it's canceled. It's done. It's well, it's relevant. not canceled. It's over. Technically, it was canceled after season two. True. But then it came um, back. The Batman, Batman Part Two. <laughs> Apparently, the Penguin is getting his own spinoff series. The Penguin's getting his own spinoff series based off of Gotham, like from, off of the Batman. Yeah, I was going to oh, say off from of the, the Batman. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then a sequel to the Constantine movie from 2005. And then they'll be doing another super Superman film. Um, and then, yeah, apparently Teen Titans Go is also in this category. They're doing another Superman film, but that's not canon. Correct. Yeah, it's a uh, animated movie. Black led Superman film. Live action? That I believe so. Yeah. They need, they need Miguel O'Hara in here to say what's canon and what's not. Yeah, there's, a lot, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> a lot of film. Well, anyway, I think we could wrap up. Yeah, I think one positive from the writer strike is I think we're going to see a lot of delays in a lot of big superhero films, which I think will be a nice break for a lot of people. Yeah, I think a lot of no offense, but I'm going to call you if they're if you're listening, normies. I'm just going to say normies. <laughs> but a lot of normies don't want superhero films right now. No, I do think it's I do overpopulated. Think a, little, a little bit of a break and then just slow it down. Yeah. Yeah, I think. What did Marvel end up doing at it? Four movies at a, a year, right? It's three movies a year. Yeah, I think that well, was. It used to be point. down to like two. It started off as like one, and then it became two, and then their system was three a year. And the reason why they did three a year, and it was actually smart marketing, was you have your April, your March April release, and then you have your summer, summer release, blockbuster, and then, your, and then your yeah your fall season release. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. they well they were hitting all big sections of yeah. the year yeah a lot of movies and then obviously that ever since disney plus came out just so much content so many tv shows the problem is it's all canon right that's the issue mm-hmm. it's it's cool if you come out with a buddy cop falcon and the winter soldier and if you feel like watching it you're like hey yeah, i enjoyed it yeah. and maybe there's some easter eggs to canon stuff mm-hmm. but the fact that it's strictly canon is what i think 
takes away from a lot of more normal fan, like more casual fans of the superhero films. Cause now if you go on a date with a girl who doesn't know much about MCU, but she's, you know, seen some films, <laughs> how are you no. going to explain it? Like, oh, okay. Yeah. So you, we just have to watch all of these films and then all of these TV yeah. shows. And now you're an elitist. <laughs> like, jeez. What a... <laughs> Well, that's that's why I appreciate it about like Moon Knight and Miss Marvel, where they. No, Miss Marvel's fully connected now. Sorry. Well, it is, but you don't have to watch the show. <laughs> you don't like, know that yet. We will know. You will I mean, know in fair, November. I feel like you'll know in November. I guess true. Her like her band could be connected to something. Bigger, yeah. As it, it stands right now, the only ones we don't have to worry about is just Moon Knight. Every other he is Marvel the most show, standalone. Most standalone. Because even the Hawkeye one's important because yep. of Yelena. Yeah. Well, she Hulk didn't do much. She like they introduced oh, yeah, a couple of She-Hulk, characters. Yeah. You can just bring her in, and people are like, "Oh, there's a female Hulk." Yeah, now too. I guess yeah. She Hulk. She's a fourth wall breaker. She's yeah. a fourth wall breaker. She's she's a true um, wild card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we also have Deadpool that will yeah be in the MCU for the first time, so we'll see how that goes. But I think otherwise, all the other Disney Plus shows are interconnected. Oh yeah, yeah. excluding like that, What If, but like that one just goes without saying. That's what I think, because I disliked uh, Secret Invasion more than you guys did, but I was like, yeah, this is just so heavy. Like it was supposed to be a movie, and it was pretty obvious. And then, oh, yeah, it was it was hard to finish. <laughs> yeah, there were good parts about it, and it does answer some questions. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. But then, if you're a more casual fan and you're trying, they're trying to be like, say, "Hey, whatever happened to Nick Fury?" And you're like, "Okay, you just gotta go watch this." <laughs> yeah, go watch this six episodes. Kind of be six hours. <laughs> He's making out with an alien right now. So. Well, that's things. How important is Secret Invasion gonna be for the Marvels movie? I think it's gonna be pretty important. That's what I mean. Like, it's just. It, it, I hate that, like you said, as the Marvel that has so much content that you literally, like, you want to follow this character, here's your watch order now. Yeah, mm. you can almost have a watch order specific to characters. I think That's you can. Point, yeah. With Captain Marvel, you can. Oh, for sure. For sure. Should, if they haven't put it together, we should put or you guys should put it together. <laughs> yeah. I did, I did bring that up. Order. I did put up to Matt that we should do, like, MCU, or MCU lore YouTube videos or something like that. Because it's confusing, but yeah. It's... Becoming, to, it's becoming very fast. What's that? Then we'd have to rewatch everything. Exactly. Again. We don't got the time for that. Matt, Matt will find the time. I will find the time. <laughs> Sleep no. what? No. <laughs> Matt will find the time. But yeah, this will wrap up our Blue Beetle episode. Heck yeah. Thank you, Christian, for coming out. Thank you for supporting the podcast like you always have. Yeah, thanks for having me. But yeah, if you guys haven't checked it out, I would say Blue Beetle is actually worth spending your money on. Nerdy Misfits approved. <laughs> Nerdy Misfits <laughs> approval. Yeah. Going Ding. to see it the second for the second time. Let's go. Heck yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Until then. Till then. I will probably have Christian on again. Heck yeah. 100%. Yes. Hell yeah. Probably do a more. Who's Christian? Ca- yeah, we'll do a more ca- <laughs> like our normal kind of first time guest, but it's just so happened that, you know, exactly. he loved Blue Beetle. So we had to bring on someone that could hype it up Heck with yeah. us. But yeah, other than that. Everyone, uh, we'll see you next Wednesday or whenever you decide to listen Listen in this episode. All right. bye Bye. Bye. The Nerdy Misfit Podcast. Don't forget to join the island by dropping a follow. Thank you. And see you next week.